So a couple of weeks ago, I taught a message on um, staying the course through life's adversity. And when I was getting ready for church today, the Lord told me to actually speak about joy, which is how you overcome. Come on. Joy is how you make it through your journey, whether that be great adversity or little. And to be honest with you, if you're on a journey walking out God's plan, there's going to be adversity. It's not going to be easy. That's why we're warned several times to not try and look for an easy deal. Like, don't think it's strange when all these trials and crazy things happen to you. That's part of life. And anything that God has blessed, the enemy wants to steal. So, you know, sometimes we can get upset. God, why is things so difficult? Well, maybe that's just because you're anointed. Maybe that's just because you're blessed. Maybe that's just because the devil's jealous of you, the fact that you have promise. And he's trying to stop you, slow you down, mess with you. Okay? So we can't be surprised when those kinds of things happen. And I just I want to talk a little bit about joy today. Joy, in the, and I've, I taught joy earlier this year, but I just want to come at it from a mildly different angle, but also to refresh us, because this is one of the things that we have to remember to hold on to yes. with fervency and diligence, or we will be slowly worn down by the enemy if i was the devil i would want to discourage people from everything that god has said and that's essentially what what the serpent did to eve in the garden he's like man you've got such a blessed life here but you know i just need to break it to you i'm going to try and let you down here gently i'm going to do you a solid because i'm a good snake (laughs) god actually has let you down And I just want to discourage you a little bit because while you believe you're in this little capsule of paradise, he's actually kept the best from you. And Eve's heart began to sink as she believed that. And it was in that point of her emotions being tapped that her direction became negotiable. So if I was the devil, I'd want to wear people out. The Bible says in Revelation that in the last days, the beast would make war against the minds of the saints to wear them out. So the the enemy understands that he cannot go to war with the power of Jesus inside of you. Can we agree on that? Satan cannot turn up and say, Jesus, I defy you. Have you ever had a demon that's come out of someone or manifested in someone and said, Jesus, I defy you? Nope, ain't happening. That is an impossible thing. Satan can't do that. What he can do is he can try and mess with you. Up here, not in your spirit. He messes with your mind. Mm -hmm. Okay, so... We're going to talk about joy. Awesome. Is that all right? Yes. So I want to open with this scripture, because this is a scripture that people love to reference, and I'm going to probably catch you a little bit off guard today, because it's actually shocking to me how many people that say that they are sons and daughters of God, Christians, good church folk, will actually use the scripture to empower their tragedy. Okay, so come with me, please, to Psalms chapter 23 and verse 4. Psalms 23 and verse 4. Yea, though I, very well known. Yea, though, or yes, if you're a modern individual. (laughs) Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And that language has been kind of used over the years to endorse and empower a life of tragedy. Just deal with it. You're going to stay there. People can't, you ever heard anyone say that before? Oh, well. I'll just wait till I go to heaven. I'll just love Jesus by being miserable my whole life. Hello? Yeah. Uh, if you haven't, I'm going to let you know that I've had people say that very thing to me. Wow. And I'm looking at them like, what crack are you smoking? Yeah. <laughs> For real. 
Holy Ghost didn't bring that. They're on drugs. <laughs> Called a religious demon of drugs. Okay. By the way, you have complete permission to be full of joy right now. <laughs> just want to just want to release you right now, just to, <laughs> just to be happy, full of joy. Even if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. David was actually saying that he was in a really dark place where it felt like the enemy was so close to him he could smell his breath. Now let me talk to you about the rod and the staff for a second. The staff was the shepherd's crook. You guys seen that? The little paintings of weird Jesus back in the day? You guys know what I'm talking about? The fifth. What? He ain't got a staff up there, but someone's got a staff somewhere. You know that's lurking somewhere. But creeping, whatever. That ain't real Jesus. Just letting, just letting that go right now. Okay. I was, I'm going to get on a tangent. <laughs> but that, that was a, called a shepherd's crook, and that was actually kind of round so that it could put it uh, the shepherd could actually put it round the sheep's neck and guide it or pull it if it was going off. It could guide it. But the rod was actually a weapon. It was a weapon for wolves and predators, and it was also a little disciplining, little tinky for <laughs> sheep that we just... Okay? David was referring to it because, remember, that as a boy, David was a shepherd, so he understood the language that he was speaking very well. Right. Because he himself had been a shepherd, therefore he understood how to relate to God in that manner. Right. That's why he wrote scriptures like this. So he's like, your rod and your staff, they come for me. So in the midst of darkness, you're guiding me, but you're also my protection, is what he's saying. I can be in the very gates of hell. I can be sitting in front of Satan himself, and I'm safe. Because you're going to guide me, but you're also my protection. Hello, you guys understand this? So I've just freaked out a few of you, but that's all right. I'm just messing with mindsets right now. You, you believe that everything's supposed to be joyful and lovely all the time, where joyful wasn't the right word to use. Everything's supposed to be, uh, you know, skippy, happy days, and everything's supposed to be comfortable is the right word I was trying to use all the time. And actually, David's saying, hey, even when I'm in the bowels of hell, you're with me. Yeah. Come on. Okay. And he's, it's not even just saying I'm going to tolerate it. He's actually saying I'm not going to fear what's around me. I will fear no evil because you're with me. Okay. Now, you're, you said you were talking about joy today, Andrew. Uh, yeah, I am. I just need to build a platform so we can destroy your mindset. <laughs> I'm in the bulldozer, bulldozer business. We're just going to put it into second gear. I'm going to come down through the lane. I'm going to knock over a few things. <laughs> Little Tonka toys and the Holy Ghost. <laughs> okay. The other scripture is funny because I was writing it down. I was adding to my notes right at the last minute, right when Pastor Bex actually said he prepares a table before me in the midst of my enemies. Now, how is it that you could be happy if you have all your enemies running at you and Jesus is standing there and he's got his little waiter outfit on, one of those cool French laundry outfits, you know? You guys heard of the French laundry? It's a real famous restaurant. Some of you were like getting weird right now. It's actually, Google it after church, Yelp it. It's a very famous restaurant, okay? It's a Michelin star restaurant. It's a beautiful, like, you know, everyone's wearing the beautiful white um, aprons and everything. And there's, there's Jesus just 
flicking the, the tablecloth and he's setting out the, the glasses and he's doing the thing with the knife and sticking it back. Get what I'm saying? Jesus is your bartender today. Everyone's running at you. Hell's closing in on you and Jesus is just sitting there putting stuff out. And then he's coming around the corner with first course. And he's putting it down. You can't help but get happy. I mean... If you're not a foodie, foodie I, I feel bad for you. But I'm a foodie, if you can tell. And um, I like food. And good food makes me happy. I can't have a good meal come out. And I'm sitting there going, man, life really sucks right now. I'm just like, forget everything else. This is amazing. This is awesome. The second I put it in my mouth, it's going next level. You get what I'm saying? He's preparing a table for me in the midst of my enemies. What? So we read that, he prepares a table for me in the midst of my enemies. Oh God, it's so hard. Next time you read that, just think of Jesus in that white apron, <laughs> putting everything out. And you're sitting there, and he's like, would you like a serviette, sir? And he pops it over your lap. <laughs> you're just an American, so you just do this. And he's like trying to get all like, you know, gourmet. I'll probably do that too. I'll make a mess. And I start eating, and I get happy. Meanwhile, the horde of hell is running at you. And Jesus pulls out one of the tea towels and does one of those little flicks you did when you were a kid. And you're sitting there minding your business, just eating, mm, this is real good. This is really good. And all of a sudden, the meal has caused you to lose focus on the attack. How could you lose focus on such a big threat, sitting down and almost being so aloof that you're having a meal, while there's a crazy imminent, imminent attack on your life, it's not because of the meal. It's because of the server. He's created an environment where it doesn't matter what situation you're in, you have confidence that there is a protection over your life, that there is a comfort over your life, that you've been cared for, and no weapon formed against me shall prosper because I've become more than a conqueror. And something in here changed while nothing around you did. Hello. Joy is the state of being decidedly full of exhilaration internally, despite what is around you. Happiness is being decidedly amused by external amusements. The world pursues material amusements that don't last. Kingdom infuses internal comfort and joy not because of what's happening but because of who's with you okay someone getting something today listen there's there should be no such thing as a miserable christian tough crowd You guys get what I'm saying? I'm not really freaked out. I'm just having fun with you. But there should be no such thing as a miserable Christian. Look, tragedy stuff happens. Your heart does sink at times. But that's why David said this. He said in in, in Psalms, and actually I think I might have referred to this a couple of weeks ago. He said, my heart would have failed me if I had not believed. Not hoped. Believed. Hope is only the catalyst. Hope is the glimpse of where we could be going. Faith is the substance that says that is 100% going to be in my hands, without a doubt. Hope introduces an opportunity for faith to latch on the anchor. Does this make sense? My heart would have failed me. 
I would have given up hope. I would have given up the will to live if I had not believed that I would see the goodness of God in the land of the living. We need to get out of this church escapism thing. The church has a mentality, well, it'll all be, you know, I grew up in a church where we sang hymns. It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. And while that's got good substance, it created an escapism thing of, well, we'll just die of our cancers and we'll just live in poverty and, oh, we'll just have terrible lives and it'll be all okay when we get to heaven. What? That ain't in my Bible. Jesus said, I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. Now, not then. (laughs) Do you get what I'm saying? And somehow in our messed up church history culture, we've been taught that it's okay to accept misery as part of your personality. Misery doesn't love company. Misery never did. That was a terrible book or whatever. (laughs) Quote. Misery doesn't love company. Misery just wants to sit there and feel bad and tell everyone how bad they, they feel. I feel, so you feel bad too. Listen, the joy of the Lord is my strength, baby. What? You get what I'm saying? Okay. The second you start to feel bad for yourself, you start to indulge in self-pity. The second self-pity is engaged... A spiritual paralysis will come over you where you start losing motivation. You start giving up the will to fight. And and here's the kicker. And you start to consider your options. Well, if I did that, maybe things would change. Or if I ran away from my church community. Or if I just got a new partner. Or if I just, you know, or maybe I just move cities and start over. Man, this is a start over mentality culture. I'll just delete my Facebook profile and I'll, I'll change my name and I'll just I'll pop up in someone else's life as a whole new persona and hopefully that will be accepted. It's really blown. And that's actually a cultural dictate in this territory. And I totally flip that thing off in Jesus' name. Because actually, you're actually doing, the, this is what the Bible says, Timothy, Paul was talking to Timothy, Timothy, endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Didn't say run away from it. So how do you walk through misery and pain externally without becoming misery? How do you walk through pain without showing everyone your pain? How do you walk through, you know, wounds and all that stuff without just being a wounded, blubbering mess everywhere? How do you deal with trials and tribulations and attacks on your environment where you don't become your environment? Joy. Joy. Come on, somebody. We're having ourselves church today. Yes, we does. Okay. Come with me, please, to Hebrews chapter 1, and I'm going to read from verse 8. Let's look at this. I'm going to move because I'm going to try and finish earlier today because... We've had other things happen in the service, and just, it's just great. I'm really enjoying church today. But to the Son, he says, Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Watch this. Therefore God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. Be that... Be that son, be that daughter of God, 
that's genuinely full of joy, not superficially painted with makeup happiness. How are you doing? Everything's great. Well, here's, here's another one. How you doing? Oh, yeah, good. <laughs> See, women like chirp and men grunt. Hey. You know it's true. Yeah. It's, it's the truth. Men are like, huh. And women are like, <laughs> you know it's true. It's a real thing. So, so the thing here is, is that you want to be anointed with the oil of gladness or the oil of joy. You know why? Because it's not just about laughs and giggles. It's about inner strength. The kingdom is actually not about macho displays of, I'll take on the devil. No, you'll lose. Because you can't do nothing. I can't do anything. It's Christ in me, the hope of glory. The second you get defeated is the second you believe that you can somehow do it in your own ability. Okay. Do you notice that, we're going to go to a couple of scriptures in a second. Come with me to Nehemiah. Prophet Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 10. Nehemiah. He was a short dude. Nehemiah. He's a little guy. Nehemiah 8 verse 10. That's next level. It's actually the lower level. But, um, sorry, I'm, I'm just all cheese today, but that's all right. Nehemiah 8 verse 10. And Nehemiah continued, go and celebrate with a feast of rich food. See, he's at the table of the Lord too. And sweet drinks. Sorry, keto people. Paleo people, I apologize. Low carb people, I apologize. Okay. And share gifts of food with people who have nothing prepared. This is a sacred day before the Lord our God. Don't deject. Don't, now watch this. This is is the punchline right here. Don't be dejected and sad. Let me just repeat that. Don't be dejected and sad. And let me just say it over here. Do not be dejected and sad. How are you doing? I'm, 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 uh, I'm really struggling. Now, it's good to be honest if you are struggling. But it's not good to become the struggle. You go through a struggle, you don't become it. You walk through a challenge, you don't become the reflection of the challenge. I can do all things through Christ. Do what? How does he strengthen you? The joy of the Lord is my Okay, we're starting to get somewhere. Okay, cool. So, don't be dejected and sad, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So you can have, you can have a car that has the mechanism of a motor, but without the oil or the fuel, that car isn't going anywhere. You can have the greatest talent, the greatest opportunity, the greatest calling, the greatest prophetic promises, but without joy, no one's going to listen to you because... Did you ever take advice from a miserable person and genuinely believe it? Hey, how do, I, how do I do that? Well, I don't know. It hasn't worked for me. But, you know, maybe it'll work for you. But I'm just, my life really sucks right now. But let me try and give you some advice. You're like, dude. <laughs> they had leper's caves back in Jesus' time. And they weren't supposed to be touched by people. I'm thinking I need to get it back away from you. I think if you touch me, my life might get messed up. But it's true. It's true. That's what the Bible says. Take heed lest any root of bitterness spring up among you and defile many. Do you know that a miserable person is a person that's offended with God? Because you said God isn't enough. And so I have a right to be miserable. 
God has failed me. And then what we do is we spiritualize it and say, I'm just walking it out for Jesus, but we're somehow offended with him. Because a person that actually is in love with God can be full of joy despite their circumstances. We need to get past the fact that our circumstances are not who we are. You should be able to have a billion dollars in the bank or zero dollars, not knowing where your next food or bed is going to come from, and have the same level of joy. You shouldn't be more full of joy because you've got a billion dollars in the bank. Oh, now I'm finally happy. Now I can praise God and test, I mean, skite about everything. Boast, I mean, praise God. Now that's not joy. That's happiness. Difference, see? Okay, someone getting something today? The joy of the Lord is your strength. The reason that you became miserable, or you've become miserable at times, or maybe you're miserable today looking at me going, when is he going to shut up? Maybe it's because you actually stopped letting God be your source where you can sit at his table. And, he, and despite, the, despite the collection notice that just came to you or the, the bad relationship news or the job problems or the money problems or the bill, whatever it is, the demonic attack that you feel like is, you know, has power over you, 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 you actually need to learn to sit at his table like, let, let, let me give you a picture of what it looks like. I've been with Benjamin, little, little Benjamin. You guys know Benjamin, eh? He's the most lovable kid. And so is Jonathan and Joel, just in case. <laughs> Got to keep all things equal, you know. Father doesn't love anyone more than anyone else. But we've gone into, like, dark places or, like, you know, rooms that are scary. Not to me, but to him, because it's dark and, like, ooh, what's in there? You know? And what does he do? He comes over and he holds my hand. You know why? Because I'm daddy. And he changes from being scared to being real bold. Have you ever seen a little kid that's getting picked on and then dad shows up? (laughs) That's my dad. You know what I'm saying? You see, the right company brings confidence that causes you to posture yourself differently. When you have, come stand next to me for a second, Jeff. Let's just pretend that Jeff is, is the presence of God. When, when the presence of God comes and stands next to me, all of a sudden, <laughs> all right. All of a sudden, I start to realize I'm not in this alone. Yes. There is one here that made the universe, and he's going to protect me. Therefore, having done all things, stand. I'm just going to stand in this because I'm not the one fighting. Now, I will pray, and I'm in a warfare, and I'm going to call on all the angels, but there's one that fights on my behalf, you see? And there's one that provides for me when I'm looking into my pantry or my bank account saying, everything's running out. When I get the worst news in the world, thank you so much, when I get the worst news in the world, like I just found out a couple of things the last couple of weeks that kind of made me a bit disappointed. Now, I had a reason to be miserable and sad and that, or I can say, God, I don't understand you, and I'm going to trust you. And out of that, which is what I did, and out of that, good things came. Do you know you can only live by the seeds of the word of your mouth? The fruit, of, the fruit that comes out of your mouth was seeded by what you actually declared. That's why if you're in a process and you're feeling your environment trying to dictate failure or calamity to you, you need to shut your mouth. You need to not let that thing come out. Like Even if I think this is going to happen, I just keep my mouth shut. Sometimes I mess up and I'm like, shut up, Andrew. I just, 
break that thing because I'm not going to declare that. I know that all things are going to work together for good to those that love God and that are called according to his purpose. That's every person in this room. So it doesn't matter what happens to you, it's going to work together for your good. Most of the time, though, you're not going to understand it because your brain is this big and the universe can't contain God's being. He got a big brain. You get that? He's real smart. It's like you looking down at the ant and saying, I bet you didn't pass algebra. Yeah, I see you carrying that leaf, but... Get what I'm saying? Yeah. God's smart. Yes. And you try and understand his logic and it's like most of the time on the journey to the breakthrough is a mess. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have to deal with this, guys. Right. See, on the way out of Egypt, slaves became free people, but they wandered. Yeah. And they barely had food. And the thing is, is that they were going to a land of milk and honey that was only three days away, but their complaining and misunderstanding of God's plan caused it to take 40 years and a lot of the time God's taking you on a journey and it looks like a downgrade or it looks like a loss or it looks like calamity or it looks like misery or it looks like the enemy's getting one over you you just need to shut your mouth and get in the presence of God see in your presence is fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore it's not about what's around you. It's about who's with you. And when you just, you have to discipline yourself to stop looking at the physical results or the physical environment. And you actually have to start looking at the supernatural atmosphere. Okay. He prepares a table for me in the midst of my enemy. Yeah, I understand that you might have had darkness or a dark entity come and torment you. I understand maybe you've been having bad dreams or terrible things have been happening in your relationships or those different things. Look, every person's got a different story. I can only hit so many examples, but you get my point. I understand those things are happening, but you need to understand that you would be left alone if you weren't important. You honestly would be left alone if you weren't important. And you're important. You matter to God and your destiny matters to God and the devil's upset about it. So the way you combat it is not, you know, trying to do a million different things. You just get in the presence of God. Because here's the thing. You can do everything you know spiritually and have no joy in your tank and it's just all dead works. People go pray and warfare. I, I know people that pray like the most fervent prayers... There's no joy of God in their life. And there's no love and kindness and mercy. There's just all this hardened religion. Hello? See, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And it doesn't just give me strength. It straightens out my head. Because the devil wants to draw you out of the safety of God's living room and into the alleyway where he can beat you up when no one's looking. When you do it in your own strength, that's exactly what you do. You step away from the protection under the shadow of the Almighty and you step into your own confidence and ability and you do come back miserable. But those that abide, and sometimes it looks like this. Sometimes you don't have, you know, can I be, can I be really real for a second? Sometimes you haven't been spending time in God's presence like you should have. And sometimes your head is all messed up. And sometimes you haven't read your Bible for a minute. And like you're just walking things out. And sometimes you've been beat up by just life. Right. You've, been getting, you've been getting a series of bad news or mistreatment from people. And you're just starting to feel like crap. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Can I get an amen? Yeah. 
some of you like said, he said crap. Yeah, it says it in the Bible too, just with different words. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> Sometimes you do feel like that. And some of you use better words when you're not in church. But sometimes you feel so miserable because of all these things that have happened and you're like, God won't help me because I got myself here. I got good news for you today. God, I've messed up. I know that you said that you'd you'd be ever present, even in my times of trouble. I'm here and I need you. And you'll start to feel his presence. You know what happens? His presence starts to come around you. You start to feel an atmosphere. You know what changes? Confidence starts sitting in your heart. Confidence comes, and when conf- the reason that your heart fails is because you don't feel like you have confidence with God because you did something wrong, and the devil's condemning you about what you did. Yeah. Whether that be not spending enough time with God or you've messed up in some area. Mm-hmm. Okay? If he can steal your confidence and joy, he can defeat you. You have to understand this. There is spiritual laws at work here. Right. If he can steal confidence and joy. Here's how you get it, guys. I need you, Jesus. Please come and wash me. That's why we're going to do communion every month. Because okay, it's just a good time to be able to come and just deal with stuff. Yeah. And that, it's got to be more than that, but it's just a good opportunity. But Jesus, I need you. God, I just, I just need to know that you're with me. Because I felt alone. Sometimes the devil makes you feel alone. God's been there the whole time, but he's trying to single you out. So you feel isolated. And when you feel isolated, you start to be tempted with ad- agreeing and admitting that you've lost hope. Hello. And you just got to take out 30 seconds. God, I need your presence. I need to know you're with me. And if it takes 30 minutes, then whatever. Play some worship music. And then you start to feel him. And you're like, oh, you haven't left me. You're with me. And confidence starts to rise. And when confidence rises, you start to get a a shift. Now you're full of joy. Because what could be greater than God? Who could be stronger than God? No one. If God is for me, who could be against me? You see? And you start to get happy about that. And that, see, sometimes you have to discipline your emotions. I see that thing, that thing I've been waiting for, and I, I, it just got ripped out from underneath me, and I'm disappointed. My emotions, I agree. My emotions are disappointed, but I'm going to choose to be full of joy. I'm gonna, that's a discipline, it's not a feeling. I'm going to choose to trust God and I'm going to choose that even though today and maybe even for weeks or months ahead, I don't know how this is going to work out, I'm, I know I'm coming out on top. Yes. James chapter 5. You guys know the life of Job, the story of Job? His life was decimated by the devil and God let him. Weird. I rolled my R so you guys could understand what I was saying. Because my, my accent is a little Weird. Weird. And then in Job chapter 5, this is what it says. Job's life was twice as blessed at the end than at the beginning, dot, 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 as intended by the Lord. God wanted to get Job to being double blessed. The devil thought he was attacking him. God was allowing the devil to qualify him. (laughs) So you get happy. Ha ha ha. Everything you do, devil, is going to be used against you. He he he. I'm starting to get happy. Because what you've done to attack me is actually going to be used against you. What you did to try and destroy me is only going to make me stronger. And it's only going to qualify me if I choose to stand and be full of the joy of the Lord. 
You see, we need to stop. Like, you know, there's all kinds of stuff happening in politics right now. This nation is a mess and it has divided people in the worst way that I even thought was not even possible. Okay? I'm not even touching that. Do I have an opinion? Yes. But I have a higher mandate. There's people saying all kinds of stuff right now. I have a higher mandate. That's right. Be full of the joy of the Lord. You know why? Because while everyone, Christians included, are miserable, venting through their emotions, I'm called to walk in the joy of the Lord. This world needs to see someone that's authentically full of joy, not happy. There is a difference. See, there's people that were talking about killing themselves when Trump got in or Hillary got in. It was like there was all kinds of crazy talk. And it's not just in this nation, it's in other nations too. Look, I am a son of God. He's on the throne. And if these people get in power, look, it doesn't matter who goes into power or not, they're going to make a mess here and there because they're a human being. They're not God. The reason everyone's so upset is they're trying to get God results from a human. You'll never get God results from a human in politics. You're going to find reasons to hate someone. Unless you're a son of God and then you'll pray for them even if you don't like them. Because that's what the Bible commands. Anyways. You see what I'm, I'm just using that as an example because it's a hot topic right now. There's people that are just, their whole, li- they just, their whole lives are devastated because of something in politics that they don't even know anything about. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's flipping insanity. Well. Get what I'm saying? Just get seated at the table and let the goodness of God begin to wrap you. And maybe you'll just hear God's opinion. Don't even worry about that. That's none of your concern. Instead of spending the next six months rioting on Facebook, guess what? There's going to be no riots in heaven. There's not going to be no political unrest in heaven. You know why? Everyone's going to be full of the joy of the Lord. (laughs) Hello. I'm not making a dig. I'm making a point. Please understand that. I'm making a point. And you need to get this because too many of us, we live in this ultimate... I'm going to close in two seconds. We live in this ultimatum thing, whereas if God doesn't do this, I'm going to decide to be miserable. And we grew up in our house where if mum and dad didn't give us something, we tried to put them into a chokehold by having a tantrum. And you believe that that's going to happen with God. You believe that your tantrum is going to push him off the throne. <laughs> it's going to expedite that thing that you're just really upset about, that, that husband that hasn't shown up, that girlfriend or the, the, the wife that hasn't shown up. That job, that money, that, that, that debt that needs to be paid off. You believe that your tantrum is going to make it happen faster. Mm-hmm. It's actually going to slow it down. Right. Because you're actually not learning what you need to learn in the season. You're letting the season put an imprint on your face and everyone can see it. Rather than sitting in the presence of God and being full of joy. Whether you're blessed or not doing well. Whether you're rich or poor. Whether you're oppressed or free. And you're letting the environment change you rather than the kingdom of heaven. The joy of the Lord is your strength. It's my strength. It's the only way you're going to make it. So I want to challenge us today. Is that okay? Can I challenge us? I want to challenge us to stop being defined by what's happening in our life. And start being defined by who's in our heart. And I guarantee you, if you really focus on this, you're going to start to watch shifts and change in your life. You're going to start to watch things that have not happened, that have been blocked, that have, that have been in slow gear, start to accelerate, start to break through, and start to engage and happen. I promise you. Yeah. Because what you're doing is you're saying, even if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Because you were with me. 
and your presence gives me confidence. And when I feel your presence giving me confidence, I start to get real happy because I realize what can man do to me? Nothing. Who can be against me? Nobody. What can separate me from the love of God? Nothing. Am I more than a conqueror? Yes. Is it happening right now? Not yet, but it's going to happen. I'm good. <laughs> That's why I held up my shirt two weeks ago, that little shirt that I got, Millionaire, when I was $750,000 in the red. I went and got a little Millionaire shirt. I was wearing that round town. <laughs> in my 20s, y'all. People looking at me, so I was driving this little piece of dump, rusty car, and I was getting out with this Millionaire shirt on. People thought, he's an idiot. And I'm like, no, I'm not. You just don't understand my... My environment hasn't caught up with my atmosphere. Get an atmosphere that invites an environment. Not an environment that invites an atmosphere. Someone getting something today? Awesome. Okay, why don't we stand to our feet? The joy of the Lord is your strength. Nothing else can substitute. There is no eco-boost. Okay? There... There is no environmentally friendly fuel. There is just the Holy Ghost. Okay, the joy of the Lord that becomes your strength and your substance. Can we just have some uh, background music, please? I'm going to take another five minutes. Is that all right? I'm going to pray for some people. Is that all right? My heart would have failed me if I had not believed that I would see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Some of you today need to make a commitment to God and you need to come back to that place. Yes. You, need to, you need to divorce your conditional manipulation of God, what God has and hasn't done yet. Come on. This is the beginnings of breakthrough for someone today. I pray it's for a whole bunch of people. See, there are keys to deal with God. And let me just tell you this. Your tantrum, your, mis- your murmuring and complaining is only going to extend your season in the desert. Your season in the desert was actually only a, a freeway to get you from one city to the next in your promises. But when you murmur and complain, you stay there longer than you're supposed to. That's why, you, that's why uh, David said to the Lord, he said, set a guard at my mouth. Put, put something at my mouth that when I go to speak, you shut me up, Holy Spirit. You tell me to be quiet because the declaration of my mouth is as powerful as it was in Genesis. God made us in his image, right? How did he make the universe? With his mouth. He's made us in his image. You have to guard what comes out of your mouth. You have to. I have to guard what comes out of my mouth. And that's why sometimes I start talking and I'm like, no, I can't say that. I need to stop what I'm saying right now. And I need to actually speak into, even though it doesn't look like it right now, this is who I am. This is where I'm going. Even though I don't even understand maybe all the plans of where I'm going, God is good. And He's with me. Maybe there's a threat. Maybe you're feeling oppressed. Maybe you're feeling all hopes being choked out and the enemy's running at you across the battlefield. Just sit down at the table today. Sit down at the table today and, and just see that beautiful weight. Listen, I've met Jesus once. And I'm not trying to say that in a boastful sense. I've met Him. And I met Him when I was in my most backslidden state, partying like an animal. I actually found a picture when I was 21, when I was in New Zealand, I, found, I was going through my stuff and I found a picture and there's me sitting at a bar with a cocktail and a giant cigar in my hand and I'm just partying like an animal and I'm like, that's when I met Jesus. That's, get this, that's who Jesus came to. Doesn't matter how messed up you are. Sorry, I'm just getting wrecked right now. Jesus came to me and I was totally messed up. I was hurting. I'd been beat up by the church, 
by religion, people that didn't even know who the Holy Spirit was, claiming to know God. That's who Jesus came to. When I met him, by the way, this is how I started going there. He was the most regally, chic, beautiful man I've ever met in my entire life. He has the most phenomenal fashion sense. I'm serious. When you, when you see him, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I don't even like sandals. He was wearing cool sandals. I'm not a sandal guy, okay? It's against my religion. But he was wearing them, and they were cool. I mean, I was looking at Jesus' shoes like, dang, they are really cool. And that says a lot for me. Jesus is awesome. And he just wants to be that regal, beautiful. He, he doesn't even want to try and... The picture of he prepares a table for me is not some king. It's a waiter. It's someone serving you. Despite what you're walking through. I'm here to tell you today, it doesn't matter how messed up you feel. Jesus wants to be your joy. He's got to step away from that destructive toy that you're holding. Saying, my pain validates my tantrum. Can someone let that go today? Why don't you just walk up the front here? If you want to, you don't have to if you don't want to, but if you need to come up the front and you say, God, this is a, this is a point for me. This has been a struggle in my life. This, this deciding to be joyful thing. I need, to, I need to just put this down. I want you to come up the front right now. Not for me, but for him. Come on, just break this thing off your life right now. Say, Jesus, today's the day. I am going to sit at your table. I'm going to let you prepare something for me in the presence of my enemy. When everything feels like I've just... Some of you... See, can I just say this? I, I want to see the spirit of depression destroyed because doctors are trying to medicate something that can be set at a table. This can be fixed at a table, guys, not with medication. I'm telling, I'm telling you I know this. Every other voice of oppression is silenced in the atmosphere of God. <laughs> Some people are like, I need a counselor. I just need depression pills. I need this. No, you don't. You need a table. I'm serious. I've watched it. We've seen it here in this church already, right? Beth, 12 hardcore medications, right? You're off them. You've been, you're off them, right? So I've never heard of anyone that has been clinically undiagnosed from 12 different hardcore <laughs> mental illness pills. Don't tell me that you can't sit at a table. We want sophisticated conferences and altar calls. Listen, sit at a table. Yes. Jesus, from this day on, I'm sorry. I've been carrying stuff. I've been letting my atmosphere dictate me, the, my comfort, my, all the different things. That's been the definition of who I am. And you are the definition of who I am. And I'm sorry for twisting that around. Today, I just give you my future. And I take control off of how it's supposed to look, when it's supposed to look, how it's supposed to happen. And if I'm in extended seasons of discomfort, God, I know that your rod and your staff are with me. And you prepare a table for me in the presence of my discomfort and my enemies and my oppression. And that stuff doesn't have a voice in my life anymore because you do. And that causes confidence to be raised in me and joy to be lifted. Come on, somebody. This is how we overcome. You know that song, this is how I fight my battles? This is how you fight your battles. You don't, you, look, you do have the armor of God on. You do have the armor of God on. But I'm telling you, you've got to sit at a table. 
<laughs> Otherwise, you're just going to put the armor on and you're going to fight like a crazy person that calls themselves a Christian, but really you're just a militant psycho. Can I say that? Because it's the truth. There's too many people that pick up the sword in the name of Jesus and they just do all kinds of damage in the church. And I'm sorry if you've been hit by that, but I'm here to tell you that the joy of the Lord is your strength and it causes you to see through the eyes of love and mercy and grace. And it causes you to see that I have a need and other people have needs too. And if I can just get under this waterfall of atmosphere and presence, and if I can just let Jesus in the midst of my chaos, when I feel a panic attack coming on my life, and I feel like I have to run in a million miles at once, I don't need to do anything. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to let Jesus feed me. Yes. <laughs> yes. Come on. Come on, somebody. Come on. Psalms 91. Yes. A thousand will fall at my right and 10,000 at my left, but it will not come near or touch me. I'm just going to see it with my eyes. Why? Because I'm at a table. I'm at a table. You can't touch me at the table. It's completely the opposite of what my, 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 my reactionary senses are telling me to do. Because my reactionary senses are telling me to get up and fight. But, but Jesus is calling me to sit at a table. And someone needs to sit at a table. And not just today because the worship's playing and I'm just going off like a crazy preacher person. You need to do this tomorrow and Wednesday and Friday and a month and six months from now. This needs to become a lifestyle where you stop yourself when you're about to have a tantrum. When you feel all those emotions building, like the kettle that's about to start whistling on the stove, you know. That's you sometimes. That's me sometimes. Okay. You need to stop yourself and capture yourself and just get under the presence of God. Hey, Jesus, I feel messed up. I even might feel disqualified, but I know that if I just stop, you said that if those that call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That means your mercy is here for me today. Your goodness is here for me today. You're going to prepare a table. And what the devil's telling me, what he's even maybe saying through legal things or practical things in the world or consequences, you've told me it's not going to touch me. You're with me. You're with me. And because you're with me, Confidence is rising. Come on, somebody. Confidence is rising. Because confidence is rising, I'm full of joy internally. I don't just have it on my face like makeup. Come on, we need to stop being Christians that pretend to be happy. And we need to start to be Christians, sons and daughters of God, that just exude love and joy authentically. That's what the world needs to see. The world doesn't need to see another Christian that's some kind of activist. It needs to see a son or daughter that just looks with eyes of love and sees people healed. Where people see hope before you open your mouth. Come on, somebody. But you've got to get it personally before you can try and act like it. We just need to get the acting out of the house of God. Come on. Just let the goodness of God wreck you. And if it's a little busy and bumpy on the way, awesome. It's okay. That's why we're here. That's why God established the church. So that we could love each other through the brokenness. We could encourage each other. We could, we could say, hey, don't give up. You're almost there. The devil's been lying to you. You're going to make it. Just get your game face back on in the presence of God. Not your fake, not your fake face, your game face. The one that you got at the table. I know this is for someone today because I wasn't planning on preaching this and God was like, you're speaking about joy. I'm like, yeah, I am, okay. <laughs> Come on, let joy hit you. You have, to, you have to let go of that. Look, it's like a chokehold. It's like a constricting snake that's got around you, trying to pull you into depression, discouragement, despair. You need to cut that thing off. You say, I understand that there's real issues and real emotion and real threat and real... I understand that, but I'm going to choose God. And I'm going to choose joy. And I'm going to choose to be in his presence. And that's all I'm going to have. 
I'm going to be confident that no matter what's come against me, my adversaries, you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Come on. That's where you can be in any environment. Look, I'm going to say this, not to be a much. You can drop me off right now today, anywhere in the world. I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be all right. You know why? Because he's with me. (laughs) You can give me the worst news tomorrow. I'm going to be okay. You know why? He's with me. (laughs) Because I'm with God. I'm in his presence. I'm going to stay there.